From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. This week we're talking about cable TV on campus and DATN, the Digital Academic Television Network. No TV? Ha! No problem. Joining us in the studio, IT specialist from Do It, an all-around great guy, Dave Devereaux Weber. Along with our regular geeks, Teresa Saldana and Andy Mushlefsky. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Welcome to Do It Live. It's Thursday, February 23rd, and you are listening to the most connected radio show on the planet. Here at WSUM, 91.7 FM, the snake on the lake. And you're tuned in to do it live. As always, we're going to talk tech for this wonderful hour here. And as always, I'm joined uh, by my wonderful co-hosts, Teresa Saldana and Annie Wichlewski. How's it going, guys? Going great. Wonderful. All righty. And uh, today we've got a wonderful uh, guest in the studio here with us, uh, Mr. Dave Devereaux Weber. How's it going? Hello, it's going good. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about uh, Dayton and cable TV and all sorts of fun, amazing technology-related stuff. Uh, but of course, as always, we need to start off the show the way that uh, you know the way that it's become tradition at this point. Uh, starting off the show with the news. Before I get to that, though. Uh, I do want to say, check out our website. It's it's going to be changed. I know I keep saying this every week, but it's going to be changed soon. Uh, Doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. We're going to have a brand new banner, a brand new everything, brand new site, basically. Uh, so look at the old site while you can. Enjoy. It's, um, shall we say, it's uh, omelette du fromage, you know, uh, as it is. Any French speakers out there? No. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's cheesy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Probably something like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, so, if if you want to give us a call uh, during the show, uh, give us a give us a ring at six zero eight A O K W S U M. That's six zero eight two six five nine seven eight six. If you've got a question, if you've got a quandary, if you've got a uh, quizzical qu- something else. Query, quizzical query. Query is a good one. Then, uh, then you can call us, and we will try to answer it on on the air. Um, also, check out our podcasts online, iTunes. Go to iTunes and type in "Do It Live" or just "Do It" and go to the podcast section and subscribe. So, if you are unable to catch us live, you can always catch us taped. And now, without further ado, the most highly rated portion of "Do It Live" with it's it's the news with Teresa Saldana. Joining us live, Teresa Saldana, with technology news to suit your brain and your heart. Wow. Teresa. <laughs> to suit your heart. I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I have no we'll, idea. But no we'll idea. try. We'll We're going to have to fire that announcer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who writes that stuff? I don't know. So, uh, first thing I wanted to talk about um, is an announcement that came from the Obama administration uh, that has to do with uh, Congress working on uh, what has been dubbed the Privacy Bill of Rights, which will affect 
um, how companies online like Google or Apple or Facebook use your data that they have, how they're using it, what they're doing with it. Mm -hmm. um, so this is this is huge. I feel like as someone you know who's who's you know used Facebook for years, you know avid user of Google, especially with their with their changes in privacy um, uh, guidelines going on right now. I think it's about time, and in fact, it's overdue. Um, we need regulation online for companies to abide by to know so that consumers know what the laws are for how their data is being handled. And then also as part of this um, bill of rights, it would um, require that companies um, make their um, user agreements easy to understand. Oh, you that'd can be nice. read them before you download the app. Um, instead <laughs> not, of this not 78 pages long. Of mumbo jumbo. I know, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think this is, this is going to be great. Um, and this, you know, this applies to so many cases, you know, if you think about when you, you know, having children online and they have accounts on different websites, what, what in the world is happening to their data? How as a parent can you know that your child is safe? What do you think, Andy? It, yeah, I'm, I'm a parent and definitely they, you know, my kids have Gmail accounts and, you know, at Gmail is, or Google is announcing a new um, uh, privacy policy starting March 1st. Right. And, you know, uh, Facebook has changed their privacy policy like, I don't know, 10 50 times. 50 million times. And, and, <laughs> and, and so that one of the big things about this new bill of rights is uh, uh, one of the major points is that consumers should have the right to control, exercise control over what personal data organizations collect and how they use it, which right now we really don't know um, with this new Google... Um, privacy policy um, you can go in and opt out and clear your web history out but there's other information that they're collecting and you have no real control over that um, there's been a couple of reports uh, out today where um, news organizations have updated their articles they were telling you how you could remove your history from Google mm -hmm. and they updated them today saying well you can remove your history from Google however they still keep it for 18 months <laughs> and so you're opting out, but they're still keeping your data anyway. So this this bill is something that's it, it really needs to be thought about. And mm -hmm. um, if, if this bill in its current form doesn't pass, something needs to be done to protect consumers and right. their and their data from being sold and mined. And well, because at this point, a lot of the data, uh, I mean, a lot of data acquisition that you can get online, it's 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 simple. You know, you can look up uh, a lot of information about just about anyone mm -hmm. online just based on their social media pre uh, presence, based on, you oh, know, yeah. lots of different things. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I'd say, you know, for most people, even for techie people like us, trying to figure out the who's and what's and where's and everything of what sites collect your data, where the data is being stored, who can access the data, it gets complicated it gets frustrating. I mean, mm -hmm. like, you know, like we were talking, you know, oh, yeah, you can opt out of Facebook, but they'll still keep your stuff for a year and a half. Yeah, there is no opting. I mean, exactly. <laughs> there is no opting out. So if you wanted to leave, you you can't. Yeah. You and I've had a couple friends that quit Facebook before that whole thing went in place because they were just they were way too concerned mm -hmm. about how much data was out there, about the possibility of Facebook keeping their pictures forever. Oh, yeah. Or, I, you know. I think we have a mutual friend who she she does artwork and she doesn't I don't even think she posts some of it on Facebook anymore anything that's not already public or published right, because right. she doesn't want them to own it right yep so I mean that's yeah 
It's and, frustrating. And, and with Google, it's huge because they're they're integrating this privacy policy across all of their products. So if you have mm-hmm. a Picasa account or if you have a YouTube account, mm-hmm. um, that their privacy policy is going to go across the board for all of those things. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Google. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about, <laughs> yeah, since Google came up. I, and I think this, this definitely this goes. This is a great segue um, here. Yeah, right along. Although, actually, I think one thing we should bring up before okay. we do that, because it, it also relates to it, is um, uh, I think everybody on campus, I believe, I don't know if it was just folks that do it, but everyone got an email um, from the administrative excellence team here on campus asking mm-hmm. ab- about um, your input on what the university's you know next step should be with calendaring and email. So you know we have WhiskMail and we have WhiskCal, um, but we're looking to see what other options are out there and what does campus want. So if you have mm-hmm. received this email and you have any kind of opinion about our calendaring or email system, which you're all users of it, so I'm sure everyone's got plenty of things, plenty of opinions about um, how they work and how they could be better um, and, and what options we have out there. So please fill this out um, and your answers will be reviewed and you know considered as part of you know the campus collective decision about what to do next. And if you don't do the survey, we, they can't know. Yeah, yep. exactly. And so if you don't do the survey, we'll find you. I think there's a, I think there's a due date on it too. <laughs> um, that's in March. Uh, let me see, what did it say? Um, it is due by Friday, March 2nd. Friday, March 2nd is yes. your due date. That's coming so, up. So please click on the link. Please fill it out. And then um, say loudly. I wish to register a complaint. <laughs> if, if that's the way you'd like to go or if you have, you know, um, more, I guess, constructive things to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, Tell them do it we, live. The administrative you. excellence team would like to hear that. So For please, sure. please get your opinions in and let's, let's make a decision. if you want to tell them how awesome we are, then yeah. that's fine. Too. And the parrot yeah. was not dead, so. <laughs> hey So, uh, and you know, <laughs> we're not we're not going to tell you what to put on the survey because we want to we want to get as many ideas in there as we can. So, take mm-hmm. take your. Best However, shot. if you if you put you know Ty Christian is a handsome gentleman on the survey, I won't stop you. Well, that's true. That's all I'm saying. It that's probably won't it. affect yep. what emailing and calendaring system we go with, but you, hey, you it could it could affect yeah. the icon. Well, yes. there you go. Yes. You know, yes, it, it could affect the icon. So there you go. <laughs> so I think along with talking about emailing and calendaring options yeah. and also what we were talking about with the Bill of Rights, I think your next clip will will go right along with those. So this came out a couple days ago. It is a clip. Um, Dave, I don't know if you've seen this one yet. Have you heard, have you seen Goog Lighting? No. Okay. Well, this so will that's be spelled G O O G like Google, Google, and then lighting. So it's supposed to be like moonlighting, right? It's like the, moonlighting. Yeah. From the eighties. So this is actually a real commercial that Microsoft uh, released um, officially. This is an official Microsoft commercial, and this is this is interesting because this is actually um, pretty much an attack ad on Google, more or less. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and play the clip. And we'll have you listen. And if, if you, you want to, if you do get a chance to watch it, though, it's really, really funny to also see what's in it. Oh but, yeah, but the but the sound will get will get the point. Go across. to go to YouTube, type in Goog Lighting, and uh, this is what we're gonna play for you here right now. Take take a peek at Goog Lighting. He's top of his game in search ads online. Now he's looking. Downtown. 
Hello, hello, Guggen Apperson. I'm here for my 4.30. <laughs> it's 5.30. Well, you should be ready for me then. Sit down, Mr. Apperson. Please, my mom calls me that. So you have 12 years experience in ad sales. Why do you want to work for us? I've been developing cloud collaboration and productivity software, and I'd like you to implement that across your entire company. <laughs> Wait, you want us to be your lab rats? Pioneers. My employees live on Excel and PowerPoint. Does it work like those? Potentially. Does it have active spell check? Sometimes. Pivot charts? Not sure what that is. What if my employees need to make revisions while they're on the road? Don't worry about it. You ask so many questions. Can they do that? If they have internet, yeah. If they have internet. And you still think this is ready to roll out? How else are we going to know what features to keep and what to kill? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. So you're going to change your software while we're using it? Absolutely. Wait, but I could come to work and the software could be different from the day before? Different, better, completely gone. Who knows what the future holds for Google Apps. Google killed off gears and waves They buried Buzz the same way If Google Apps meets its grave Your business is hosed So ask yourself Why would you hire this guy? Don't trust the Googleiding stranger, cause he's not on your side. Wow. Beware the Googleiting stranger is at Look the end out. there. Microsoft, whymicrosoftproductivity.com. That was quite the commercial. There and was it, nothing subtle about that. No. And it was, but it's really well done. And I was, com <laughs> I, I was shocked i remember when you showed it to me mm -hmm. uh this morning and i thought wait but who made this who would pump all this money into this and i never thought it was microsoft yep and then right at the end boom microsoft, microsoft. by the way um we have just i think doubled our connectivity to google on the network from a 10 gigabit connection to a 20 gigabit connection uh-oh so are um, we googling more googling. We're, we're, <laughs> we're googling more and more and and we're watching youtube and we're uh, using google apps and gmail and so mm -hmm. on uh, and uh, the, the way that uh, we keep our network costs down is we directly connect to big uh, sources and destinations of mm -hmm. data, and, and certainly Google is one of those. Mm. I think, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, it definitely brought up some interesting points about using Google productivity it apps. It sure did. And, yeah, you know. things that even, you know, when you use it personally and not in, you know at work that they do affect you like the fact that they update their apps on the fly so you mm -hmm. could go to google the next day and then all, they changed a whole bunch of stuff around it wasn't even as if you got the option you know when microsoft word pops up with an update and says hey do you want to update and you're like thinking to yourself oh i'm working on a big and paper right now i need to just put off this update for a couple days sure. right. or you, you can know? go online and research what that update's going to do to mm -hmm. you yeah exactly <laughs> but with google you don't get that option or they they mention in the song that they got rid of wave and wave buzz, and buzz and if, yeah. if you were dependent on those things or you were building part of your business around that and the fact that it was a free service, I mean, how debilitating is mm -hmm. that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big user of Google Voice. And it's one of those things where they always had that kind of little caveat up in the corner that said, ah, Google Voice, make another year of free calls up until 2012. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, everybody's like, well, what? happens next after that and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it's like this year ah another year of free call <laughs> free calls from google voice i'm like 
Ooh. Okay, yeah, okay. Bad, all right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, and but look at the other side of that coin about Google Voice, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're a big institution like the state of Wisconsin or the University of Wisconsin or Rayovac or, or General Motors, uh, how many millions of dollars a year do you spend on, on telephone service? Right. Um, the zero dollar um, uh, price point that Google has and that Skype has and, and that, that, are, that is sort of the, the modern internet um, mantra mm-hmm. uh, is really a compelling price point. That zero dollars is you can't compete against that. Right. Kind of hard right. to argue that. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't compete against that with price. And so that's what Microsoft's answer is, is you don't compete against Google apps on price. Of course, Microsoft Office costs money and Google apps are free, but we don't pull the rug out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. So. Right, if you're on a train and you don't have internet access, though, how do you use Google productivity right. apps? Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I gotta say, that that video, you know, for being so well done and for being <laughs> funny, definitely really funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, man, quite a number of dislikes on YouTube. And mm-hmm. and you know I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that's it's if that's because uh, you know YouTube is owned by Google and and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but still like yeah quite quite a quite a number there um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know like Dave said it, it's it is hard one of the things that they didn't touch on is, is of course all this stuff is free so you know for a small business maybe maybe that's your only route exactly you know maybe you can't afford to buy uh, a number of licenses for. Or y- you have a nonprofit organization where you know every penny counts. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like this would be critical. But mm-hmm. the zero dollar price point is something that's affecting our whole culture, our whole world, mm-hmm. and it's changing the way we think about what we do. For sure, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, it's it's got its good points and it's got its bad points. If you're the music industry, uh, you don't like <laughs> zero dollar price points for your music. No. Um, how do you keep? Uh, well, they would say, how do you keep these, ar- these artists going? And, and the artists would say, how do you keep these uh, uh, general managers of the, co- of the corporation going? But Yeah. Uh, while, while the artist starves. But <laughs> uh, they're, they're compelling questions that we have to continue to talk about in, a, in our you know, discussions like these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, e- even in education, one of the other things I wanted to talk about today was uh, MIT now has courses online and they've had this for a while uh, they're free and there's something like 2000 courses online they're starting up a new pilot program called MITx which actually they're going to you complete the course and you will get some kind of certificate for that and mm. it's free you got to um, wonder who's so who's sitting like grading the 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 papers and the tests or is it all multiple choice it's google Google's great. <laughs> Google's great. <Yeah. laughs> They're in control. It's, it's Google will give you a degree from MIT. But you know, See? the question is then: Do you do you take this online circuit courts course from MIT and get a free certificate, or do you take a, a circuits course at and and you know DW School of Engineering and pay a lot of money but get an actual degree from mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. You know, where what's the trade off there? Well, it, and, I guess and, fr- and furthermore, yeah. if somebody takes that and tries to say that I've met my prerequisite for this course mm-hmm. um, at the University of Wisconsin or the at, at MIT or, or something right. else, what, do you, what do you happens? Give credit yeah, for that? yeah mm-hmm. so if you mm-hmm. take all two thousand of these online MIT courses <laughs> and show them, <laughs> MIT 
MIT and say, hey, can I test out of all of these? What, <laughs> what, what, what's that bill going to say when they hand it over to I'd you? like 37 degrees, please. Yeah. Oh, sure. 37. And, you know, what, what Andy and I were talking about earlier is maybe what MIT would offer is that, you know, if you ha to get, you know, a certain degree, um, let's just say it's 10 courses, they offer nine of them online, and then they require you have to do one in person. Although when you show up and say, I want to take my one class, they'll say, well, this one class costs the entire, $20,000. It's, it's the cost of the entire degree, basically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you did it on your own time. You saved time. You didn't have to go through the process of getting into MIT. Um, but now that you want to get in, um, it's you're going to have to pay for the full cost of that degree. You, Maybe. I don't you, know. You know what I think these classes are really great for, though, um, it, are, are people that want to learn a specific subject. Maybe, you know, they're not interested in getting, like, an accredited degree or mm -hmm. something like that. But they just, they have a, they have a thirst for knowledge, you know. Like, maybe mm -hmm. I want to learn about uh, how to make my own circuit board. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm doing that in my free time, you know, and and I, I'm not really interested in looking for work uh, as a circuit board engineer or I'm, you know, I want to learn Spanish. You're or, a, it's you know, just a hobby. It's a hobby, yeah. you know, and that's great. That's an it's an amazing uh, repository for all that information you know, and all that uh, that lecture material. I think that it's a, it's a great thing. But, yeah, it does bring up a lot of yeah. questions about mm -hmm. what happens when you take it one step further. Well, interestingly enough, there's this uh, I just read this story. There's a. Uh, like 17 or 18 year old girl who is a high school student and actually uh, was very advanced mm -hmm. and and she went to Berkeley and was doing some studying and she's actually developed a cure for cancer uh, <laughs> this is a high school yeah student. I didn't believe him when he told me either I said ah you're kidding Andy and it's this amazing and I, I'm not going to I don't know the particulars of how this actually works it's some kind of polymer coating that they put um the cancer medication in and it and actually seeks out the tumor and then she was able to develop a way to get that polymer to open up and deliver the medicine directly to the tumor and this is they've tested it in lab rats it's worked wow um, but this is a girl who you know obviously l probably learned a lot on the internet and also did a lot of independent learning on her own she didn't learn this in high school so um, it's that may be our kind first of the wave of the future of of education. That may be our first uh, internet-based Nobel Prize there. Yeah. Oh snap! There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the article right now. It's a 17-year-old girl that lives in California. Yeah, she, mm. I think she lives in in Cupertino actually. That's she, very They cool. said that when she was a freshman in high school, she started reading doctor doc yeah doctorate level papers on bioengineering. Yeah, her, her actual high school science teacher read her thesis and was like, they have her on camera, and she's reading it, and she and the, the interviewer asks her, well, what does that mean? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. It's like, I'm pretty sure you so passed said, high school, uh, I think. I guess by yeah. her sophomore year, she was able to get into a lab at Stanford, and by her junior That's year, she was Stanford doing her Stanford. own research. Mm-hmm. That's, that's absolutely incredible. amazing. Incredible. Yeah. So that's, I mean, having these online courses would be perfect for someone like her. And think about, you know, think about if she was born not maybe 20 years earlier. What would you do if you didn't have that, you know, amazing, uh, just, you know, all the information that the Internet has at the speed that it has right now? What, you know. Imagine if Albert Einstein had the internet. Oh my gosh! Well, I, so you know, there's a bunch of segues that are possible here. We could talk more <laughs> about Google, but we could also talk about video collaboration at the University of Wisconsin, which is one of the things I work on. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can use video conference devices like those made by Polycom or Tanberg or Cisco, and uh, you can connect 
people at the university to other universities. Yeah. Uh, but you can also start connecting people from high schools to universities for th- for that kind of thing, where yep. somebody who really advanced in science or really advanced in math or mm-hmm. or uh, one of the other topics, and um, and that's a way for them to get advanced placement courses mm-hmm. without hi- having to leave the school. That's very cool. So uh, there's all sorts of possibilities with that, and we're just starting to develop the process now. In the past at the University of Wisconsin, uh, video collaboration devices have been the purview of each department. Each department bought mm-hmm. them and ran them, and it was their own budget and their own uh, policies. Mm-hmm. And so now we're starting to figure out a way to um, make it possible for everybody co- to collaborate and schedule and, and use numbering plans so that it's and, and directories so you can find where the other systems are and, and you have a, you know how to dial them and how to connect to them. And you can also connect to agencies of the federal government like the National Science Foundation wow. or the National Institutes of Health and Department of Energy and mm-hmm. so on. So it's a very exciting time to, to be in in the IT business. And there's always something really cool going on. That's very cool. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and also about the Digital Academic Television Network. Uh, when we come back, we got to take a little pause here for a commercial break. And we'll be back with uh, more on Do It Live.
And now, reading our three disclaimers, our guest geek of the week, Bill Cosby. You see, the opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or of the Board of the Regents, you see. <laughs> Number two, products and services like the Jell-O Wooden Pop provided by the Division of Information Technology, Akaduit, and other university departments, you see, as well as drawings and giveaways and the jibber-jabber may only be available to the students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. <laughs> Number three, and the final one, participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations, however, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. You see, Theo. Warning! Due to the graphic nature of this announcement, parental discretion is advised. One look at a soft and furry bunny may tempt you to buy this bunny for your child. But wait! The House Rabbit Society estimates that up to 90% of all bunnies bought as pets for children die of poor care or are abandoned in shelters where they may be euthanized. Ask yourself, am I willing to love and care for her her whole life? In spite of their often sweet natures, rabbits do scratch and bite. Child at play and an active bunny's needs usually don't coincide. Will a child's rabbit be pleading from a shelter within six months? A pet rabbit can be an addition to your whole family, but only if you know the amount of work and care she needs and deserves. For more information, contact the House Rabbit Connection or your local animal shelter. This message brought to you by WSUM 91.7 FM Madison, the snake on the lake. And we're back with more Do It Live. On WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison. You can listen to us online if you're listening to us in the car right now. You can check us out on your computer at WSUM.org. You can also check out our website, the Do It Live website, at doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. You can check us out on iTunes. You can give us a call, 608-AOK-WSUM. Uh, you can you can email us, of course. We are a tech talk show. We do have email, radio at doit.wisc.edu. There are so many different ways to get in contact with us. You will go bonkers. So today we are talking, uh, we, in the studio today we've got uh, Dave Devereaux Weber, uh, and he is an expert uh, in all things digital academic television Networking, networking related. I was trying to think of a good like way to verbize that. Networkification. Net- yeah. He knows how those tubes work. He knows he's a he's he a. He knows tube so much about the tubes. Expert. And I've been around so long that that it, when I started, things did use tubes. Those little glass electron tubes too. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, so you, know, so you know what a Nixie tube is. Then, yeah, right? that's right. Oh. He he that's doesn't me. know tubes as a concept. He knows them as. <laughs> Tan- Real tubes. Tangible tubes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Dave, tell us a little bit about DATN. What is DATN? DATN is a service where you can watch some television channels on your computer. Uh, your computer must be connected to a wired Ethernet jack. If you're using wireless, it will not work. And wh- why is that? 
because it uses a technology called multicast, mm -hmm. where one stream leaves the server, and that one stream is duplicated as necessary by the network uh, to serve as many viewers as you have. Oh. Our peak number of viewers was a couple of years ago when we had a Green Bay Packers preseason game that wasn't, no, it wasn't actually a season game. It was a season game, that, but it wasn't covered on ESPN and it wasn't covered on the local TV stations. Hmm. It was only on the NFL network and Charter didn't carry that at the time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it made the news. And so uh, by special arrangement with a whole bunch of people, we carried that game live and we had a thousand viewers at halftime. Oh, and we, wow. Um, that, that's, uh, usually we get about 16 viewers or 20 viewers of any particular channel at any particular time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to have a thousand viewers of one channel Ooh. is pretty phenomenal. But there was only one stream traversing the entire network, um, mm. and so it that, was just duplicated as necessary. That's to really cool. So it just instantly scales itself based on the number of viewers. That's know. right. Wow. So we have about 30 channels um, uh, that we cover. Uh, some of them are uh, the local TV channels, and uh, we have CNN and CNN Headline News and the Weather Channel. And, and we also have a bunch of international channels. So if you speak Japanese or German or French or Italian, uh, and uh, so we have a number of different foreign language channels because we have a, d a number of students here who are either studying those foreign languages or from those countries attending here at the university for, for numerous reasons. They want to see what the news is like from home. So you can find that on your, uh, in your computer dial at uh, datn.wisc.edu. It's also it's also just tv.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu.wisc.edu
working with the people at the Wisconsin Institutes of Discovery. Uh, they have that technology, and uh, they've listed our channels. Um, it's no additional load to their equipment because huh? it's coming from the same equipment that provides our channels. It's just a different way of looking at them. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a nicer player. Um, and if you really have a fast, fast computer and a good network connection, you can watch multiple channels at the same time. Ooh. So if you're a junkie, uh, rather than flip channels, you can just have them all on at the same or time. Or if you have a debilitating, uh, what is it, ADD? You that's can right. Get, you know, that's, 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 right. that's, yeah. That's right. <laughs> or if you're a person like me who monitors them to make sure that they're working, I can have all of the channels on at once. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So it makes the fans how, come on How on many the are there? Um, there well, are, are 26 channels, I think. Yeah, 26. I'm kind of looking at it here. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Oh, I also had a question. Uh, I don't know if this is a silly question, but the fact that it's called Dayton, is that because the comp side building is on Dayton Street? No, it's it's actually <laughs> because... <laughs> well, no, I wondered if they it, made up that, you know, it's, sometimes it's people... It's heritage. So oh. uh, back when I started the university, there was uh, a broadband network um, that was was originally constructed to connect terminals, good old glass computer terminals, to the UNIVAC 1108, which is where the help desk is right now. Mm -hmm. And um, That was a big supercomputer, right? Uh, well, in, its, in its day, it it's, was, yes. It wouldn't be and so super now. but <laughs> And your iPhone has more, more power than that. <laughs> By the way, interesting tidbit. Do you know that the first Ethernet interface on a UNIVAC 1108 was created here in Madison? Ding! Whoa. Wisconsin. Wow. Hey. It was hand-built by uh, a couple of our engineers. Wow. So another interesting factoid. <laughs> did you know that the name server was created here at the University of Wisconsin? I did not know that. So if you're at WSUM.org, that name is converted to an IP address Oh, you mean by DNS. DNS. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah. 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 Wow. And the first name server before DNS was created was here. So. Do you know what the name of the first name server was? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hal. Hal. Uh, the first name server when I started in 1993 was Dogi. D-O-G-I-E. Dogi. Oh. So. And now everyone is teaching everyone how to Dogi. So, mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, it's uh, a, oh, uh, thanks, folks. Oh, you love me. Come on. Yes, yes. Come yes. on. <laughs> so um, you can watch cable television uh, on your cable television if you uh, are in UW housing uh, units and in, mm -hmm. in selected buildings around the campus. Mm -hmm. Um but um, you can also watch it on your computer. And um, the, the most common uh, issues I get are firewall issues. Um, so when you do Windows updates, Windows updates sometimes changes the settings on your firewall to make them more stringent. Uh, uh, several years ago, the uh, firewall rules on, on Windows weren't very stringent, mm -hmm. and they tightened up over time, and it made a lot of people's uh, Dayton not work. So... Um, we've uh, been able to explain to people how to uh, allow that program to have access to the network. Those little dialog boxes pop up and say, do you want this this program to be able to use the network? <laughs> and if you say no, Dayton doesn't work. There you no. go. Don't so say every, no. So check your firewalls, everyone out there, if you're trying to get on Dayton and it's not working. Or or make sure you're plugged in directly. I mean, I know we said it once, but we'll, we got to say it again. Like we get, I get a, I get a lot of uh, questions of people, you know, trying to connect, trying to see Dayton, trying to look at these uh, uh, wonderful array of channels that you guys have going on, and they're on the, they're on wireless. Yeah. Read the instructions. And, you know, come on. Well, there are guys. some real, yeah. uh, some real esoteric issues. One of them is if you've got both wireless and a wired connection. Sometimes the wireless connection has a higher priority, and, oh. it, and it can't 
can't find it on wireless. Oh, so if you just happen to have it on, but you plugged in the cable and you say, hey, I can't right, get on. Yeah. So if you are having any problems, please call the help desk. Yep, help 264 desk. help. Yep, and they have um, documents in the in their knowledge base. We just talked about the KB yeah, last week. KB so was you, last week. So if you were listening to our show last week, you should know all about the KB and all the great features it has. So check that out. Just do a search for Dayton, D-A-T-N, and you can find all the documentation you need. So if you go to help.doit.west.ed, you, you get to the help to the knowledge base right away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And you, yeah, there's, we have a lot of different uh, a lot of different ways to get to the knowledge base. KB.west.edu, helpdesk.west.edu. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of different ways to get to the KB. So yeah, but definitely check out Dayton. That new player is pretty sweet. I looked at it. I haven't morning. even checked out the new player yet. It's I wonder pr- if I can even do it's it. It's pretty on, sweet. On compare what what were we using before? A uh, VLC player or no? Uh, a QuickTime QuickTime player. Oh, okay. So this uh, might actually this crash the this, radio if this I try new, to do this. This <laughs> new player has got some more functionality that wasn't there in the past. And, That's right, and, and it's, it's more just, solid. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't mm-hmm. drop out right. occasionally. Looks like it's using Java to run, eh? It yeah. runs a little piece of Java to determine what kind of computer you're on, whether it's Windows or Apple or or Unix, mm-hmm. Unix okay. Linux. Oh, and I just got the hey, do you want do you want to allow uh, <laughs> access to there your you firewall? Go. I'm going to say yes. yes. Windows firewall. Say, Let's yeah. Oh, and now it's yeah, and now I got to put in a password which I don't have, which is terrible, Aww. just terrible. I'm on the guest account here on this computer, so oh. I guess I will have to check it out later. But yep. if it's anything, uh, you know, I, I I didn't mind the old uh, the old uh, interface, but. Uh, I got to check the new one out when so, I when I get uh, home. So aside from Dayton, um, I believe there's a another technology you're involved with here on campus called telepresence. Right. The uh, that's part of the video collaboration thing we were talking about. Telepresence. Um, that name is used a, a lot by uh, various vendors, but um, Cisco Systems uh, uses a, an uppercase T and an uppercase P, and that means their proprietary <laughs> product. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, if you just spell it with a lowercase t and a lowercase p, that means a pretty good video conference system. <laughs> um, so we've got two Cisco telepresence systems here on the campus. One is over in the new Widmere building. If you've never been to the Widmere building, please check it out. And there is mm-hmm. one at the education building on Bascom Hill, and we call that the Bascom Hill unit. And Cisco telepresence has uh, three 60-some-inch screens um, and so you sit at a table that can seat six people in the first row and 14 to 18 people in the second row. Mm. And there are three cameras and three monitors. And so Whoa. you see the people at the other side in full life size. <gasps> There's three channels of sound. So if somebody on the left side talks, you hear them, their sound and, coming out of the left the, side. These rooms are specifically designed so you can see everybody in the room. It looks like they're in the same conference room. As yeah, you it looks like, like an extension yeah. of, of the uh, table. I've actually really used it cool. before. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Is it? It's phenomenal. I don't, I don't think I've seen it's it. It's way cooler than Skype. And, and one of the things that, that people... <laughs> but, you know, it, we're most commonly compared with Skype. That's the most common question uh-huh. I get is, mm. how much? how is this like Skype? I said, it's exactly the same, except this cost over $300,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and, and you can see a whole lot more on this. But so, it has yeah. three screens. They're very high definition. They're very large screens, much larger than anybody's laptop would be. Mm-hmm. And they're very good for seeing people's expressions, um, there's there's almost no pixelization or, or, or breakup of the video. It's it's mm-hmm. it's like there it's like mm-hmm. you're there in person. If you if you use it for more than ten or fifteen minutes, you forget that they're not in the same room with you. And <laughs> and they've done so much 
like designing the room itself like it's acoustically designed so the sound you've got mm-hmm. no background sound oh, wow. it's uh and just the desks are are cut the tables custom made so it looks like you're at the same table as the people yeah. on the other it's side. It's really fact, cool. The, it disappears into the screen and reappears on the other side <gasps> of the screen. It's yeah. so cool. Wow. So it's really neat. And what what we're working on doing, and, and, and I think we're going to achieve this, is we're going to make it available to students, either grads or undergrads, or faculty or staff. You can be part of a... a a scheduled class, a timetable scheduled class, or you can be a researcher, or you can be an administrator, and you can talk to people really around the world. There are, th- through other networks, we can connect to literally systems around the world. So um, if, if normally you'd, f- you'd go into an airplane and fly to Washington for a conference or to, to meet somebody from National Institutes of Health, or, or if you go to England to talk about a project that you're working on with the, on, on the European continent or something, mm-hmm. now you can do these kind of meetings uh, electronically over telepresence, and it, it's, uh, it's amazing quality. Um, the interesting, comparing them with like a Polycom uh, video conference system, mm-hmm. which has a pan, tilt, zoom camera and a remote control with lots of buttons, there's no remote control with telepresence, and the cameras are fixed. So if you're sitting at your chair and you're at the table, you're on the camera. And you can't ne- you can't accidentally switch it to uh, the ESPN and watch or the <laughs> UW football game. It only does video which, conferences. Which actually happened with that old system. I, I had to set up meetings for those quite a bit. That's and, right. Um, people would leave people, them set people, for something else. Yeah, and then I'd get a call. Oh, we can't. We've got this mm-hmm. urgent conference. And that's just not <laughs> And all we can see is baseball. That's yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, baseball's been very good to me, but... <laughs> Yeah, one of the things that I uh, one of the things that struck me about the system when I tried it uh, was the well, uh, you know, I, I've used Skype, I've used uh, video uh, conferencing over the computer in the past, and and one of the things that I always had trouble with was um, you say you got a webcam on the top of your screen and you're talking to someone who also has a webcam on the top of their screen. What you know, naturally they'll want to look at your face, so they'll be looking into the screen, and the webcam's kind of angled down, so it won't look like you're looking at them. It'll look like you're looking kind of down because you're looking at your own screen. So it'll be kind of a conversation. In order for you to actually look like you're looking at them, you have to look up past your screen at the and then you don't see them, (laughs) and then you don't see them. And the thing that struck me about about this system was that if you look at them it looks like you're looking at them. You don't have to look up at the camera. It just, it, it just appears as though you're staring at them even though you're both just staring at screens. Wow. The, um, the cameras are all three in one spot on the s- above the center monitor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of um, eye mismatch um, on the far sides uh, because unless you look at the camera, the other people see you looking a little bit off angle, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're on the far left-hand seat or the far right-hand seat. But that was done so that when you look at the room on the other side, the the arc of the table seems to be a continuous arc rather mm. than having a disjoint at the joint of each monitor. I so see. I see. If you put a, mon- uh, a camera above each uh, monitor, then the table wouldn't line up. So oh. They, they really put a lot of design time into this uh, and... and essentially removed all the options buttons so that you can't accidentally even leave it turned off. <laughs> uh, the construction contractor caused panic when they unplugged all the wires to, to put on some wall treatment, but <laughs> uh, all of a sudden the monitoring equipment stopped finding that the uh, equipment was there, and somebody said, Dave, your, your telepresence system is, is not responding. So <laughs> I ran over there and found a whole pile of plugs on the floor. Oh, no. oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so I had to figure out which one went in which socket. So, so. <laughs> Hal cut all your cables there. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but you know. but let me. Uh, my my email address is Dave D A V E at doit.wist.edu. So if you want to use telepresence, give me a call or shoot me an email. And there's a knowledge base article uh, with the, the the keyword telepresence. So go into the knowledge base and look up telepresence, and you can find a contact information for both systems. Um, and give it a try first. And uh, the, the main problem that we have is nobody has a global directory of video conferencing devices. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, we're working with a group called Internet2 to help solve that problem. Uh, there are a bunch of different um, telecommunications companies that run their own telepresence networks like AT&T and, and Sprint and um, BT and Tata Communications and Orange Networks. I don't know what Orange <laughs> Networks is, but uh, there are about seven different telepresence exchanges. And again, we're working through Tata Communications and Internet2 to, to make it so that everybody on any of those networks can call anybody else. And we're trying to do that the same with the H.323 or Polycom devices and telepresence systems around the United States and throughout the edu educational community around the world. Do you think this is going to be something that's going to, I mean, I, I don't know if I want to say, you, you know, you've seen the, the, the futuristic movies where they're, they're all talking to each other on video screens instead of, uh, instead of cell phones. I mean, do you think this is really going to be something that's going to usher in a new age of, you know? Definitely. You think so? Definitely. <laughs> Once you've used it, um, you really like it. Uh, there is a software client that you can use on your computer as well. Really? Uh, the current name for it is Jabber Video. Um, Cisco went out and bought the company Jabber.com, mm -hmm. so they got access to the Jabber technology, and they're merging the video conferencing technology and the Jabber technology into one client. That's in beta test now. But they've got a, a video conferencing client called Jabber Video, hmm. uh, and so you can call from a Jabber Video client through a bridge which translates and lets you talk to the big telepresence system. Um, and uh, so a few people now have those on campus and we're trying it out in a, in a beta test-like uh, atmosphere. Uh, I, th I think this very compelling. There's a little green or red presence dot next to your name in the directory so you know if somebody else is uh, at their desk or not, oh, wow. and whether uh, they're online. On a, if they're busy with another call, you won't, won't even try to call them. Hmm. Now, once they get the integrated Jabber client, you'll be able to chat with someone and say, hey, give me a call when you get off this, on the call you're on mm -hmm, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also conference multiple people in. Mm -hmm. So if you're a collaborator and you're working with somebody at, at uh, some university in California and somebody at MIT and uh, University of London, you know, you could, you could do a four-way call. And <laughs> uh, now y you have the problem of time zones just yeah. like you have yeah. today. But I mean, even our, in our own building, it's hard to meet with people sometimes because of conflicting schedules. We are doing teleprisons from the future. <laughs> you know, I can't in wait until, <laughs> speaking of the future, I can't wait till like 20, 30 years when this is all old hat. And uh, oh, yeah. in, in, in between that, the, in the transition period, we're, we're probably going to be talking about a lot of stories of people who uh, uh, don't understand the etiquette of of <laughs> video conferencing or have trouble transitioning over from the you know uh, the intercom to the you know to the video people brushing their teeth people picking their nose that kind of thing 
You know, we're all gonna <laughs> we're gonna be able to do with these. With the yep, iPhone. all you people who work at home will have to wear pants. Oh no! Oh we had a, man, we had a big conference that was held every year. Uh, we, we stopped doing it, but it's called Mega Conference, and we had people. The the last one was like 400 endpoints from around the world, and every once in a while, somebody would forget the etiquette, and they would leave their microphone turned on, <gasps> and they would turn to their friend beside them and say. God, this guy is boring. When is he going to be done? And of course, <laughs> that was the last thing that was said. So everybody, 400 people around the world, heard heard them put their foot in their mouth. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, Dave, thanks so much for coming on Do It Live today and talking all about yeah, this uh, very interesting emerging technology. You are welcome. And uh, thank you. Yeah, come back anytime. Dave. We will. I will. For sure. For sure. Well, it looks like our hour is just about up, so we've come to the end of another episode of Do It Live. Thanks very much for listening out there. We've got some people that we'd like to thank as well. Special thanks go out to our management team at the Division of Information Technology, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Rust, Sean Bossinger, and Bill Zimmerman. Do It's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman, and our CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Bruce Moss. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, that's me, and Sandy Cyberlick. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Andy Muchleski. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producers of Do It Live are Ty Christian and Adam Wiesenfarth. Join us next time for another action-packed hour of Tech Talk. And in the meantime, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. Check out our website, doit.wisp.edu forward slash radio. And if you want to get a hold of us, email us, radio at doit.wisp.edu. We'll see you then.